Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. The peace of God is the peace that God gives those who have peace with Him in times of crisis or times of fear or times of uncertainty. Now, it's possible to be at peace with God, and it's possible to have peace within in in a general sense. But it's also possible, as most of us know by experience, to have moments where we don't have peace. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Ephesians. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 14, in a message titled, Christ Our Peace. Now, here's Pastor Brian. If we were to go out and pull people from among the nations, asking them what the world's greatest immediate need is, I'm certain that peace would be right at the top of the list. Of course, we all long for peace in the world. We all hope for peace in our day. We long for peace among the nations. We long for peace in our own communities. In some cases, we wish there could be peace in our families. Families are torn apart. There's conflict right within the family unit. And then it comes down to each individual person. We long for peace in our own hearts and minds. So a big issue, the issue of peace. The question is, is true lasting peace even possible? I mean, we haven't really seen that that is possible, have we? But yet the Bible does tell us that it is possible, but it's only possible through one means. There's only one way to attain it, And that way is through the one who is called the Prince of Peace, the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the lack of peace among the nations, the lack of peace among people in general, the lack of peace in individuals' lives is due to the fact that mankind is in a perpetual state of war against God. This is the root of the problem. Now, Generally speaking, we we tend to try to solve problems by dealing usually only with the symptoms. And if you only deal with the symptoms, you never really get to the the root of the problem, do you? And, And so this is the case. This is the case in the world at large. This is the case sometimes even in our own personal experience. We're just so often dealing with symptoms. We got to get to the root. The root cause of a lack of peace is the long war against God that man has been waging. And, And you can't have peace within yourself and therefore you can't really be at peace with others and we can't expect to be, for the nations to be at peace until this issue is resolved. The prophet Isaiah put it this way, there is no peace, says the Lord, 
for the wicked. There's no peace for the wicked. But there is peace for those who have embraced the Prince of Peace. And that's what Paul is talking about here in the second chapter of Ephesians, where he refers to Christ in verse 14 as he himself is our peace. So everything starts with peace with God. And so we want to talk today about four things. We want to talk about peace with God, peace within, peace without in, in the sense of peace with our, our fellow man. And then fourthly and finally, we want to talk about the peace of God. But starting with peace with God. The Bible teaches that sometime in the very distant past, a war broke out in heaven, a rebellion against God and his rule. And according to scripture, this rebellion was led by a magnificent being known as Lucifer. And this rebellion that began at the instigation of Lucifer is a rebellion that continues to this very day. Now, according to scripture, at a certain point, this rebellion found its way to earth and this great rebel leader was able through deception to enlist man in his cause. And so we found ourselves, as Paul put it earlier in this chapter, the first few verses, we found ourselves dead in our trespasses and sins. But not only that, we were walking according to the course of this world And then he said, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the children of disobedience. So this is a description of our complicity with this rebel, with Satan. This is where we previously were, among whom we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh. And we were by nature children of wrath. We were by nature under the wrath of God because of our war with God, being at war with God. So there we were, co-conspirators with Satan, guilty of high treason against the Lord of the universe, fighting a losing battle, blindly marching to our doom, and God does the unthinkable. The unthinkable is that he offers us peace, peace at the price of his own blood to atone for our crimes. You know, this this is the, the crazy, wonderful thing about the gospel. God's the one who offers peace. He he didn't start the war. We started the war. He's not gonna lose the war. We're gonna lose the war. There's no doubt about it. But God in his mercy, God in his grace, he he offers us peace and he makes a way for peace. And that's the context, that's what Paul is talking about here. He's talking about Uh, how we've been brought near by the blood of Christ and how it's through the cross that he's reconciled those of us who were formerly in a state of enmity with God. In the letter to the Colossians, which is sort of, well, it's a very similar letter in some ways to that of the letter to the Ephesians. In the first chapter, verses 19 through 22, Paul put it like this. He said, for it pleased the Father by him, by Christ, to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And listen, and you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he is reconciled in the body of his flesh through death. 
So notice the way Paul puts it there. We were not only alienated, not only were we separated from God, but we were actually his enemies. And as I said, we were the ones who started the conflict. But God, as he's telling us here, through Christ, he has made a way for peace. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. One of my favorite verses. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now, the word rest, you could just simply replace it if you wanted to with the word peace. Come to me and I will give you peace. So, you see, when we come to Christ, this is one of the immediate benefits of having peace with God. The immediate benefit for us subjectively is we it, we then experience peace within because the, the conflict is over. I'm no longer fighting against my maker. I'm no longer resisting my creator. And so we come to that place. But notice the call is to those who are weary and burdened. This is a description of life, really, life outside of Christ. Life is wearisome. It's burdensome. And we live with these frustrations and we live in a state of agitation. Something just doesn't seem right. Well, it's because something isn't right. Our relationship with God isn't right. When we come to Christ, he gives us that peace. So when you do have peace, by having peace with God and then peace within as a result, then it lends itself to peace with people around you. And in the context of Ephesians, as we considered it last week, you remember Paul's talking about this irreconcilable difference between Jews and Gentiles had been resolved in Christ. Groups who formerly were, were completely entrenched in hostility toward one another have now been brought together. And this is the beauty of what we see happen when somebody comes to Christ. It makes for good relationships. It makes for peace among people because the war is no longer there. And so there's the peace with God, uh, the peace within, the peace without. But then there's one other thing that I want to take a few minutes and consider, and that's what the Bible calls the peace of God. The peace of God is a little bit different. And what it's referring to is it's the peace that God gives those who have peace with him in times of crisis or times of fear or times of uncertainty. Now, it's possible to be at peace with God, and it's possible to have peace within in, in a general sense, but it's also possible, as most of us know by experience, to have moments where we don't have peace, where we are fearful, where we are full of anxiety, where we are agitated over something. We still have peace with God. We still have, in, in the sense of ownership, we still own the peace within, but there's, there's something that's escaped us at the moment because of a crisis that we're facing. And this is where we need the peace of God. We need God's peace to come and to be applied to that immediate situation. And the Bible speaks of how this takes place. Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven, Paul says it like this. He says, be anxious for nothing, 
but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes understanding or surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So Paul's writing to Christians, people who have peace with God. He's writing to people who would normally, under normal circumstances, uh, have peace within. But because of the circumstances of life have brought this uncertainty or this fear or whatever it might be, the peace is lost. How do I get that peace? Well, he tells us right here. He breaks it down for us. Be anxious for nothing. The NLT, the New Living Translation, puts it this way. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and ask and, and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So the peace of God, how do we maintain that? Or how do we get that during these, these moments of uncertainty or these times of crisis? Well, be anxious for nothing or don't worry about anything. Be anxious for nothing. Worry is the biggest waste of time there is. Did you know that most of what people worry about never even happens. It's, it's never even going to happen. I think the statistic I read some years ago, not all that long ago, was uh, 92% of the things that people worry about never happen. So that cut off a lot of worry right there. You know? <laughs> 8% of the things you worry about you know, could happen, but might not. But haven't we wasted lots of time worrying? I know I have. I have spent so much time in my life worrying about things. Now, when you look at the world today, there's a big temptation to get worried about lots of things, isn't there? I know that there, there is for me. When I read the papers, when I listen to the news, when I see the, the things that are happening in our nation, when I see things going on around the world, when I see the, some of the crazy decisions our politicians are making and so forth, you think about your family, you think about your loved ones, and there's, there's a tendency, I think, for many of us to be anxious about these things. But God says, don't worry about them. He says, instead, pray. Pray about everything. I love that. That's the alternative. We need to pray. So this is, we're talking about how do I, how do I maintain this, this peace, or how do I regain the peace if I lose it? I I pray about things. I put things in God's hands. I recognize, you know, I can't do anything about this. Lord, I, uh, this is a point where we are going to trust you. And we're trusting a God who is faithful. We're trusting a God who, we have a whole Bible full of evidence of his faithfulness to his people throughout the generations. We have uh, the history of the church with numerous similar stories. We have our own life's experiences so I look back on my life and I remember, okay, the Lord, you were faithful here. You did this here. And so I'm not going to worry about this. Instead, I'm going to commit it to you in prayer. 
Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. It's a good thing to go back and remember all that God has already done. We've been here before. You ever feel like that? Oh, I've been here before. Yeah, I've been down this road. I've had this kind of experience. What happened back then? Well, this is what the Lord did. Well, okay, we're expecting him to do something similar as we go further down the road. That's how God works. And it's when we do these things, it's then that the peace of God, which passes understanding. Now, I know for myself, a lot of times, the reason I don't have peace is because I'm trying to understand the situation. And some things are just beyond our understanding. You can't figure it out. And the, the harder you try to figure it out, the worse it gets. There comes a point where you just have to say, okay, Lord, I am going to trust you and I'm going to receive your peace, even though I can't understand how any of this might possibly work itself out for good. I'm going to trust that it will because you said it would and you're faithful. And as we do that, this is how we then experience God's peace. Isaiah, the prophet put it this way, you will keep in perfect peace those whose mind is stayed on you. You will keep in perfect peace those whose mind is stayed on you because they trust in you. And then he adds this, trust in the Lord forever, for in the Lord is everlasting strength. Trust in the Lord. This is the promise of God. He will keep us in perfect peace. The peace of God, he will keep those in peace whose mind is stayed upon him. As Paul says here in Ephesians 2.14, he himself is our peace. He himself is our peace. And whatever the circumstance is, whether it's personal or whether it's something that's just in the, the bigger picture of life and all of that, remember this, he is our peace. You know, I, I become more and more convinced with the passing of time. I become more convinced of the certainty of the Bible, uh, the truth of the gospel, who Jesus is. I thank God that, that he's doing that work in my heart to where I can just, I can look at the world and just say, I know where this is headed and it's not good. But I know in the bigger picture that it's all going to work out the way God said it is. You know, the crazy thing to think about is with the deep longing for peace that people have, there's going to be a false peace that's going to be foisted upon humanity sometime in the future. And we, we refer to this person commonly as the Antichrist. The, the hook, the Antichrist will bring humanity into himself with is the hook of peace. He's going to offer a false peace. And people are so desperately going to want peace, they're going to sell out truth for peace, but it's a false peace. But there is uh, an ultimate peace that will come. And that peace is connected to the Prince of Peace. The passage that we commonly read at Christmas time is a passage that has much more to do with the, the future of things than just with a, a particular day in history, the day that Christ was born. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, let me read it to you, just as a reminder of the reality of where things are headed. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. 
the government will be upon his shoulder. Now that's a politician that we can trust. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And listen, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, will establish a universal reign of righteousness and peace in the days ahead when he comes upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So going back to Paul's words, he himself is our peace. Christ is our peace. If you lack peace today and you're a believer in Jesus, trust him. Trust Christ. He's your peace. He will give you the peace of God that passes understanding. If you lack peace today and you've been trying to find peace through all different kinds of methods, uh, but you've been maybe, uh, maybe you've been ignorant of the reality of the peace Christ offers, or maybe you've been trying to avoid that, there's no peace outside of Christ. He is the only peace. He is our peace. Do you have peace with God today? He's made peace, remember, through the blood of Christ. It's our part to surrender. I come into the peace when I surrender to him. If you need God's peace as his child, then pray. Pray believing, trusting. Believe that he loves you. Trust that he's working out his glorious plan and purpose in your life. Just lay hold of that. And if you have to do it a hundred times a day, sometimes we go through crises. And I've had times like this in my life where I have to over and over again throughout a day, I have to keep going back and giving these things over to the Lord. There are seasons when that happens. It's not every day, thank God. But there are times when we go through that and we just have to go over and over again. Lord, I'm giving this to you again because, you know, it seems to me like I, I give it to him. I have peace and then I take it right back. I try to figure it out again and then I lose my peace. So if you're in a place like that, just keep over and over, just bringing it before the Lord, delivering it over to God, putting it in his hands and trusting that he is at work, and he's going to bring about his intended plan and, and purpose for your life. He himself is our peace. Jesus is the answer. Dive deeper into him. Get closer to him. Call out to him. That's where peace is. And now, let's join Pastor Brian in the studio as he shares about this month's resource on Back to Basics. There are certain Christian books that we would refer to today as classics, books that have just stood the test of time, and generation after generation of Christians have benefited from them. There is a book that is recently published called Gentle and Lowly, written by Dane Ortland. And, you know, many people are already saying that this is a Christian classic. Now, Gentle and Lowly is taken from the passage in Matthew chapter 11, where Jesus says of himself 
that he is gentle and lowly in heart. And so this book is looking at Jesus through that lens, and we're going to find out that Jesus is much more gracious, much more patient, much more loving than we ever imagined him to be. So this is a fantastic book, and I highly recommend it, especially for anyone who has a tendency to feel like they failed God, they've let him down, or you're not sure about God's love for you. This book is going to, I think, forever give you the right perspective on the heart of Jesus for his children. So check it out, Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers by Dane Ortland. Again, this month's resource is a book titled Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers by Dane Ortland. You can order the book Gentle and Lowly by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it and then click on the donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Ephesians. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.